Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. And welcome to episode 41 for the week of July 29th. 2019. My name is Ron Herkins Jr. and I am here with my co-host Valerie Vidmar. Hello and welcome back after a brief hiatus. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Uh, we're still there. <laughs> a little bit of vacation, a little bit of work, um, a little bit of not feeling good. Um, and we're now here um, recording on the 1st of August for this week. At a very early hour. At a very early hour. So... The Red yep. Bull is brewing. The Coke is flowing. The Coke sounds, that sounds bad. <laughs> the Coke is flowing. We have morning voices on. We do. Oh, man. A lot to uh, go over these last couple weeks. A lot happened. This is probably the busiest couple weeks uh, that we've had this year so far. Um, so we're going to go through some of the news, some of the new trailers, Go through our Q uh, review and uh, what we're going to recommend. Reach into our grab bag, find out what's new, what's interesting, what's coming into theaters this week, next week, and uh, look at one more recommendation of something that we actually both got into the theater to see. I know we didn't even try. We, we didn't, didn't even <laughs> plan that. It wasn't planned. Um, and then uh, wrap it off with our radar and Q. So first up, news in the media world. What do you got? Who's in the media world? I think that they start out with you because you... Well, it doesn't have to start out with me. Do we want to talk about the deaths first and get the sadness out of the way? Roger uh, Hauer. Let's see. To me, I mean, to me, he's uh, Lady Hawk. Yeah, we got Lady Hawk. And if you know Blade Runner and he was in his later life was definitely more of a, a villain-esque type role in... Some of his films. Lady Hawk was the first time and really the only time I saw him, actually. And I loved, I loved that movie. So, I mean, that's who he is to me. He is the man on the big, giant black horse. So, And uh, for those that are into theater and Broadway, um, a big uh, Broadway legend died, um, Hal Prince. Died at 91. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to talk too much of that. But uh, if you know theater, Broadway, you know who Hal Prince is. So got sad news out of the way. Now we get back into the, the mix. Um, so the biggest thing that's happened since uh, we last met was Comic-Con happened. And it was packed. Um, I wasn't expecting a lot out of Comic-Con this year. And the amount of trailers and news that flowed out of Comic-Con is just bonkers. Mm -hmm. Um, With the biggest being that Marvel actually went there and revealed their whole next phase, (laughs) which was 
completely kind of surprised. I thought they were going to tease it. I didn't think they were going to actually like, hey, here's what we're doing for the next two years. It was funny. Considering that they have like a month, I think D, D23, Disney's um, version of Comic-Con, their Disney internal thing, uh-huh. is like a month away. So it's like, it was all, everybody was expecting them to kind of push it off to there to kind of give more. And they, they really just let it go. At, um, My 14 year old niece went upstairs in the evening and she checked her phone for all, I guess she was, all we heard were like squeals and laughs and clapping and squeals and clapping and squeal. And we're like, what the heck is wrong with her? And so, we so found out and I believe all this news was, I think it was day three or day four. So Comic-Con kicked off with a bang and gave us the Top Gun Maverick trailer. Yes. And I'm, I'm excited I, for it. I'm excited too. I don't know if it's just coming off of like how much I liked Mission Impossible Fallout, but there was something oddly weird about seeing him, you know, kind of put the jacket back on, the whole like flying the... Uh, the F-14s or F-16s, I can't remember which ones they are. Well, and, like scenes are beautiful already. Seeing the, the touches of like the flashbacks to, you know, you, you get a f- glimpse of Goose in there. You get some of the uh, the kind of scenes. Um, so that was how Comic-Con started. And it was like, okay, well, this is going to be a big Comic-Con. If this is how everything is starting. And so Marvel came in and some of the highlights from that reveal for me where it's been talked about and talked about that, yes, a Black Widow movie was being made. Yes, Black Widow movie mm-hmm. was being made. And we got the full reveal of, like, it, it's the next movie to come out. So the next Marvel movie, we've been wondering what the next one is. It's Black Widow. And yeah. we get, um, uh, I'm going to screw up his name because all I'm thinking right now is Jim Hopper from Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple really good um actors are in that besides uh natalie and it's going you know it's a basically a prequel to her um normal marvel story mm-hmm. so i don't know that much about it but well, we'll, we'll, we'll i tap was into surrounded by people that did i was surrounded by people that knew all more marvel things so i did it didn't the seem bottom line see- is it's nice that she's getting her own movie and that it's official and it's there um, and then a couple of the other highlights for me, Angelina Jolie is now part of the Marvel universe. She's, uh, in the Eternals movie that was, um, previewed. Um, we got if Thor, we got a surprise with that. Um, so in Endgame, um, everybody kind of got a little bit of surprise with Natalie Portman kind of reprising her role as Jane Foster, um, who was in the first two Thors and then kind of disappeared because they kind of broke up and everybody assumed that Natalie Portman was done with the Marvel universe. And lo and behold, she showed up in Endgame and the big surprise of Comic-Con is she's actually going to be taking the role of Lady Thor. So in the next Thor movie, we will actually have Lady Thor and Thor. Um, and it's called uh, Thor Love and Thunder. So we're going to have the whole Lady Thor, the Valkyries, um, and still being uh, directed by uh, Taiki Waki. Yeah, yeah, can't pronounce his name right. Um, and then the other, the one from the, there's so much stuff to talk. I mean, they packed 
everything into mm-hmm. 90 minutes. And they like, even at the end of it, they're like, well, we didn't have enough to talk about. Like, we can't talk about Fantastic Four yet. We can't talk about X-Men. So it was like, there's all this other stuff. And like, they haven't even revealed, like, they didn't talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2. It's like, okay, well, they have so much more to talk about. So hopefully we'll see that in D23. Mm-hmm. But they left with like one more little piece of wow. And Oscar winner uh, Mahersha Ali is taking over the role of Blade. Um, so Blade was kind of the, the first Marvel uh, movies during the 90s. I remember them. Um, they're not considered part of the Marvel MCU, um, but it was, you know, Wesley Snipes at the top of his game. Blade, three blades. Uh, Ryan Reynolds was in it. You know, before he, long before he was Deadpool, he was in uh, I think Blade Three. Um, but out walks Mahersha Ali, and he throws on the hat with the Blade logo on it. And so Blade is part of the MCU and another Oscar winner. So you had Angelina Jolie Oscar winner up on stage. You had Mahersha Ali Oscar winner on stage. Um, so the MCU just keeps getting bigger and larger and I'm excited for it. And I, I'm excited for what they rolled out. There's a couple new properties that we haven't seen on film before or introduced. So you've got the hurdles got, uh, Shang-Chi. Um, so we've got, we got those. And then they introduced the Disney shows as well and how they're going to intertwine with the Marvel universe. So everything that's happening in the Disney shows that are the Marvel properties are all going to be affected in the MCU. And we got, you know, got Hawkeye's confirmed winter soldier and Falcon is confirmed. Loki is confirmed. Like (laughs) all these things are all confirmed before 2021. Lots of very happy Marvel people. Lots of very happy Marvel people. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that was just the, the touch off the Marvel one for me. I know this is stuff to talk about on a round table, but it's, getting impossible to get together for a round table. So you become my mini round table here. And I think in terms of like film stuff and TV stuff, I mean, that's a huge thing to see that like they're confident enough in what they've done over the past 10 years to introduce people to new stuff. Yeah. Um, that haven't been introduced before. And just the new and up and coming, the kids that are growing up with it now. I mean, like my niece Mackenzie is 14. I, she was so excited by it that I thought I'll just do a little podcast or, or two. I did a follow up cause I felt questions after I listened to it. So she was <laughs> nervous, but really excited. And she was talking about her little views on Marvel, but I didn't have her do anything too elaborate because I know you have your round table, but yeah. Someday so. we'll have the round table again. One day it will um, happen. So other believe. stuff that rolled out during Comic-Con, um, Hulu is doing a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy um, series. Um, and this, I think, came out just after Comic-Con, uh, but the Jack Reacher series is coming to Amazon Prime. Oh my gosh, you're probably... So that'll be interesting to see how they approach that. There's no other details other than, yes, we're making a series and it's coming to Amazon Prime, which means... It'll probably drop next month, and it was completely secret, and you're looking at me sideways. I'm, I'm, because I'm feeling like, wasn't Jack Reacher already a series? It was uh, two movies with Tom Cruise in it. No. Yes. Yes, but it also had 
I'm, am I getting them confused? You're thinking of Jack Ryan. I am thinking of Jack Ryan. And that one is coming back for season two and that will be coming, uh, in August. That's dropping this month. Getting my Jacks confused. And that's the one with, um, the dude from the office, Mm -hmm. um, in the lead role. So they just released a trailer for that. That's down in the trailers, I think. Got it. Uh, you have one more piece of news in there before we jump into the trailers. Well, just because I was excited because I loved Booksmart so much that um, I found out that Olivia Wilde is actually going to direct and star in Don't Worry Darling, which um, she, I think she did a great job with Booksmart, so she proved herself there. And she, um, this show, they haven't really released a ton of information yet about it. It's just um, Shane and Carrie Van Dyke. Uh, their previous script, The Silence, was leapfrogged into like a quiet place, and they wrote the film. Um, so she, it's it's basically about a discontented 1950s housewife. So we'll see how that goes. But I think if she's attaching her name to it, she normally has been picking some pretty good stuff to do. So, and, and she's very, very smart. So I, I look forward to that. All right. All right. So kind of following up on the Comic-Con stuff, um, as we go into the trailers, I'd probably venture to say 90% of what is in the trailer list came out during Comic-Con and was talked about. So this will kind of wrap up the Comic-Con talk. <laughs> I but know. You're like flooding the trailer. I was like, are you going to leave me anything? Keep, I couldn't even keep up with it. And <laughs> I mean, there's a spot at the end where I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to kind of mention the, the ones I want to talk about real quick. And then there's a whole bunch of other ones that came out that are just as worth talking about. We just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, the Jack Ryan uh, season two trailer came out. Um, it's nice that they're actually coming back with a season two. I thought season one was uh, pretty strong for what it was. I think it was Jack Ryan as a character mm-hmm. um, that deserves to be explored over several um, episodes in, instead of a single movie. I agree. I think it works better for him. And the fact that it's well acted and well directed and well produced makes it even better. Um, Zombieland 2, Double Tap, got a trailer. Um think has it been close to a decade i think since the since the first one came out with jesse eisenberg and woody harrelson and um zoe no not zoe abigail breslin and uh la la land girl um so they all return all four of them are returning and it looks funny I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I enjoyed the first one a lot. Um, uh, a surprise trailer from uh, the director of Thor. Uh, we got Jojo Rabbit. Um, very, very interesting uh, satire on basically the Hitler youth and mm-hmm. Hitler. And, you know, we got um, a couple of big name actors are in this film. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it's always weird seeing Hitler on film. I the, I agree. The fact that he just went full on out and just mocked everything about it. Maybe Scarlett Johansson's in it. Rebel Wilson. 
I guess if yeah. you want to call her. Um, and yeah, Sam Rockwell. And how do you say, I want to say this right, Thomason McKenzie, am I saying that right? Thomas. Thomas. Is it Thomas McKenzie? Thomas. Uh, um, she is in it. I don't want to say that Thomas and Thomas and McKenzie would make more sense, but yeah, we'll we'll link it. Just go watch the trailer. Um, watch it with a a grain of salt and the uh, you know tongue in cheek as to what it's supposed to be. It's as an imaginary friend, Hitler. <laughs> it's just bizarre. Yeah, it's it's out there, but it was enough to like my my jaw was on the floor. Laughter. You have a, you have a while to like. You know, gear up for it. It comes out, I believe, October eighteenth. So. Um, Harriet trailer came out with Cynthia Revio in the title role of Harriet Tubman. Yes. Um, and just in time for Oscars, I think that comes out November first. Um, so that'll be making an Oscar run, and I think as, her as a title roles looks great. So, um, you want to talk about the next one? I had mine were a little bizarre because you were, you were taking all the good ones. Um, bizarre, the one after Harriet. Well, I'm just I thought saying. you'd want to talk about that one. Beautiful day. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I know it has uh, Tom Hanks in it. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Um, it was he, a long he, title. I had to shorten it, so we didn't. <laughs> it's he 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 really looks like him. I mean, I felt like when I watched the trailer, he embodied him pretty well. It's going to be, I don't think it's going to be like this happy little go lucky movie. I think it's going to show him in a good light, but I think we're going to have, we're going to show the tough stuff too, which the documentary did too. I mean, I walked out of the documentary pretty. I think, I think their approach of how they're doing it with the, it coming from the person who's interviewing's perspective, mm-hmm. I think that's a good approach to do it. It's like, yeah, this guy's coming in to, to dig into his life and you kind of get that, you know, but I liked it. I liked the trailer. It was kind of like one of those ones by the end of the trailer. You're like, oh, hide the tear, hide the tear. I know, I know. The the scene with the, the subway where they all, everybody starts singing it, including the police officers. <laughs> I See, I just got goosebumps, goosebumps. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to that. And I think that Tom Hanks was a great pick for that. Um, you can talk about the next. Yeah. So the ne- uh, next couple are um, going in a series. So this one kind of threw me off guard. I, I guess I wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> and I didn't realize <laughs> that what I saw two weeks ago was actual a Real? teaser for the show. <laughs> there was a picture of um, Jean-Luc Picard from Star Trek and a dog sitting next to him. And I thought somebody had just like done like you know fan art like you oh. know here here's mm-hmm. Jean-Luc Picard in his old age with a with a dog in a in the beautiful sense it's actually was the poster for the Jean-Luc Picard series that's being put on CBS All Access so they already have Star Trek uh Discovery and they're now doing one with Jean-Luc Picard Patrick Stewart um who I always love series. to see and I mean, I see Patrick Stewart Wow, the the trailer for it. I, I'm probably going to have to get CBS All Access just to watch this, 
which will allow me to see a couple other stuff that I've been wanting to watch. But, you know, data comes back. Uh, oh, goodness. The, the doctor comes back. You know, like, it, it just, and it looks spectacular. Like, the film work in it looks great. You know, it doesn't look like, hey, we just kind of slap dashed this together. Here we go. Um, and then uh, one of my favorite shows, Westworld, uh, the season three trailer. We got a brief teaser about a m- month and a half ago, and we finally got the full trailer out now. Even more excited to see it. Um, and then Witcher. Henry Cavill, um, who also played Superman and the man from uncle and many other roles in mission Impossible fallout um the witcher is a video game um, okay okay that's why i was i was totally clueless about this. a video game that was based on a book series and so the character and from what i've read is that the series is actually going to be closer to what's in the books versus what is actually in the game um i got siri over here every time i say series Siri pops up on my phone. Ah, gotta love it. And uh, so we got our first official uh, teaser from Netflix uh, regarding The Witcher with that, and it looks good. Um, I wasn't completely invested in the game. I never read the books, but it looks good. I'm going to watch it. I think he looks good in the title role. We already talked about Maverick, um, and I think it's up to you now. Maverick is... The IMDb Maverick is very disappointing. I will say what that do they don't—they just don't have very much information. The, I don't think anybody has very much information. This was kind of like, but the it was under the radar with very loose, like, "Hey, yeah, we're making it. Yes, we're in production." It's going to be this big, and secret. I really think, like, even with the, the what we saw with the teaser, I think that was a very limited. Oh yeah, crew. And here it says the plot is unknown at this time. Okay. Um, which just makes it mysterious, but yet we all want to see it. I just think here we are. We still have him riding his motorcycle. Yeah, you know, we have that scene. Well, it's it sets it off right at the beginning. It's like, hey, you could have been this, 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 and this. Is Kenny Loggins going to come back and just and do the music because they I start? Hope not. Oh, come on! Are you serious? Ugh. What? Ugh. Yeah, okay, it wouldn't really be Top Gun without his music. I think it could be something special. Well, I think it could be. I mean, bring in some of the stuff that makes us, you know, feel a little, I don't know. Um, I saw a trailer for Jawline, which is, it, it looks a little strange, I will admit. Um, but it did catch my eye. It's um, an indie. It's going to be on... Um, Prime Video or on Stars. Uh, it, there's really not a whole lot to say about it. It has uh, Austin Tester and Michael West, and it follows a 16 year old um, rising star in uh, the live broadcast ecosystem. Uh, and if you watch the trailer, I think you'll think this is different. Different, but maybe worth watching. Um, on August 23rd, I don't know where this will be put out. I'm assuming in limited theaters, but I just wanted to let people know. 
Uh, I know that's out there. I think a it's bit. one of those fathom, fan, fathom, fathom. Events. It could be. It's Fiddler on the Roof, A Miracle of Miracles, and it's a it's a behind the scenes kind of uh, documentary about. I say behind the scenes because they have a lot of um, they have a lot of old footage that they bring up, and they speak to a lot of people about the relevancy and the fact that uh, they made this uh, musical and what it's meant to people. And uh, I thought it looked like I should show my daughter. Uh, I did actually show her the um, preview, so she does want to see it. We we sing the music. We just haven't watched the movie yet. I know, I know. Um, I sing If I Were a Rich Man all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> we sing Matchmaker. I don't know why, but my every time we start singing it, like, you know, if we get the the Bennington girls together. We start singing it. Um, and we, then, we might be due for a watching of that. I don't think my, I don't think my youngest has seen that yet. So uh, this one's a little late because it came out July nineteenth, but that doesn't need, does not mean it hasn't hit you yet. I know it's going to hit us here uh, either this week or next week. It's David Crosby. Remember my name? Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and. It's a little documentary about his life. I um, saw, there was like a there was a show something sounds from the canyon. Is that right? Um, I don't want to get that wrong, but it, it that was looked fascinating. But it's already gone, so I can't really even talk about it. Um, the Maiden is a. I saw this trailer twice actually, um, and it. Is a very woman power movie that's actually, well, I, it, it's probably, it's not a movie, it's a documentary um, about the first uh, group of women that um, crewed and they did a uh, the white bread round the world race and yachting. And so... That was back in 1989, 33,000 miles, and it lasted nine months. Blech. Now, the release date, again, is, it was June 28th, but it has not hit here yet. So, um, I think it's definitely worth watching. It's PG, um, but I think it's worth watching. I mean, it was made, this one has taken a while to get out to the theaters, because it was made last year. So I feel like they're just trying to get it out there. So if you happen to see it, I think take your daughters to see it and be inspired or inspire them. Um, Irishman? Yes, the Irishman. So this is going to be an interesting one to me. All right. This is starring Robert De Niro, Mm -hmm. Al Pacino, and it's directed by Martin Scorsese. And it's being produced and put on Netflix. It was their one of their Martin Scorsese deals with him. Um, so it, it's going it's to a be. Movie? Oh, it's a movie. Okay, Quentin and Tarantino would not say so. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see his friends uh, lash back on this, uh, particularly one Spielberg. 
who's been very vocal about um, award stuff. Um, this is actually going to be headlining um, one of the, the theater or film festivals um, debut. Oh man, I'm going to, is it, that was a Tribeca. Oh, come on. I'm going to miss this. Um, but yeah, it's going to be leading off one of the film festivals uh, right before it debuts on um, Netflix. Come on. That's sorry. My I mean, internet is not working here. It sounds exciting. I'm excited. Oh, it's opening see it. the, the New York film festival. Okay. So oh, of course, um, it's going to be really interesting to see. Tribeca Spielberg or Tribeca or New York, New York film festival, huh. not Tribeca. Interesting. I, I would have thought Tribeca because of Robert De Niro, because he's in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they're opening up the, the New York film festival with it. It's going to open up. Uh, opening night. So here we here we have his his buddy Martin and two big stars in De Niro and Pacino, and right before award season picks up. This ought to be interesting. There's so many people that are so against, you know, the, the stuff the streaming being. Well, that's why I brought up the movie Spielberg. Yeah. Is because and of how vocal he was about Tarantino's also vocal about it. I could care less about what Tarantino thinks. Um, but it did say that I I missed this in the I missed this in the news. I'm sorry uh, about um, the the murmurings. I guess is that a word? Murmurings, rumoring, rumors, rumors um, about Brad Pitt and Leo. Sorry, Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, they're having retirement plans from the Quentin Tarantino movies. Well, I don't, I don't know if Quentin's going to be doing any more after this. He, I think they said he. Hey, he's got Kill Bill which Volume is Three. Random. He has um some ideas about doing some things on television. Um, but he won't call them films, and he has no, and I. Something about if he releases anything that he's, can you, you can bring your movie out of, like, um, for instance, if you do a movie on Netflix and they want to nominate it for an Oscar, you can say no, right? You can say, I don't want that to be nominated because I don't feel like. Sure. Yeah. Because I know that sounds strange, but he doesn't believe that they're really moving unless they're on the screen. So I, if he has anything on there, then he wouldn't he wouldn't be nominated. So the the thing I've liked about Netflix in people being able to make movies is they can be a little less restrictive than you would have with a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Irishman does because I think that's the first. You know, there's been some really good films that have been produced by Netflix. Um, this is the first big one for me that it's like hey we're hiring this main director we're hiring these two big stars and away we go and let's see what happens it's not something that was kind of picked up by netflix and then touted for award season this is through and through from beginning to end a 100 percent a netflix movie so i don't i don't watch television i mean uh cable tv network tv mm-hmm. 
So I was wondering if this movie is being advertised as other movies would be advertised, like when they're coming out, you know, they show, oh, you know, reviews and stuff. I don't know if the Irishman is being, I mean, I just want to know if people are going to know about it. I don't know. I know as I've watched TV shows, if we've caught up, I know I've seen ads and stuff for Netflix stuff. And the um, Irishman is one of them? Well, no, I said at, in the past. So right. I haven't, you know, I, we just got the trailer for Irishman. So I Let's hope. don't know. Let's hope. But at the same light, Netflix has a very huge user base that like how much do they need to. Very true. Advertise. I mean, they have the best advertising themselves. Very true. Um, And you have other ones here that we can't really go into, but we'll just boom. Yeah. A ton of other stuff, like I said, that came up during during Comic-Con and around Comic-Con. Some off the wall, some that I'm looking forward to. I'll put them up. Um, Snowpiercer, follow up to the Chris Evans uh, first one. We get a sequel. Um, The Expanse. Um, we got another season trailer, uh, Watchmen, we get the full trailer, Carnival Row, that's another one, we get the new trailer, Cats, yes, the Broadway musical, looks disturbing, probably only going to see it for how much of a disaster it's going to be, um, Jay and Silent Bob are getting a complete reboot, Wow. wow, um, It Chapter 2 got its full trailer coming out. Um, and his dark materials also got their full trailer come out. And like I said, these are just a couple of them. There's probably about 20 to 25 more that came out during this, um, that if, if you've been paying attention to anything during Comic-Con, you probably already saw it, but these are the ones we wanted to talk about. So with that said, and about a half an hour into our show, let's go into our queue in review and, uh, okay, I'll, just, I'll try to do this quickly. Um, if you've been listening to the past, I have been very hesitant. And when I saw the yesterday uh, preview or trailer the first time, it made me phys- almost like physically ill. Just the thought of um, the Beatles not being a part of our world. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go see it. And I had the girls with me because Jesus was out of town. It's PG-13. And I took the girls. I read up on it to see if there was anything too horrible. Um, and the only thing really, which kind of irritates me, this is the one, uh, it's PG-13. My beef with it is if you would have taken out um, maybe some of the picture, like uh, hospital scenes with his face all. After he got hit. After he got hit with with this huge blackout that happens. Um, he, the main character, uh gets hit by a bus um and it's i'm it's, sorry hamish 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 patel hamish patel sorry um who's a struggling musician and then after this accident which if they could have been a little bit less gory maybe we could have kept going and then they just they just referenced a, a few things just not Things that really weren't need to be referenced, and 
it could have been PG so easily. And then I feel like it being PG, so many more kids would have been able to go and then had that. But are kids really their market? I don't really care. I feel like um, parents would have brought their kids in to see it because of the message of the movie. I think you're an exception. I am. and Because most kids would have absolutely zero interest in seeing anything to do with the Beatles. That is not true because of the Beat Bugs. Now, Beat Bugs, which which is on Netflix, is how my girls got, well, Zoe now, but uh, at least Harper, who's six, uh, got introduced to the Beatles because all of the the Beat Bugs, uh, all their shows are Beatles songs. And she's like, oh, I know this from the Beat Bugs, which is fine with me. So um, I still stand by it's an exception. There's a generational thing that it's not going to attract kids. That's not true. There are tons of kids that know who the Beatles are and they. Not as much as you think. Okay. My mother who actually had no idea who Queen, I mean, she really didn't know anything about Queen until she saw Bohemian Rhapsody, had no idea what they did, had no idea what they had. She was like fascinated by all their music. She's like, I didn't know. I didn't really know anything about it until I saw the movie. So if they didn't know anything about it, then they could be, Hey, gosh, I may know this song or I may know this song or, and then hear it later and they're like, oh my gosh, that came from that movie, whatever it takes. Um, but this movie directed by Danny Boyle, who is not my favorite, uh, I, I don't know. There's something about him that bugs me. Um, it was written, uh, written by Richard Curtis. I had very low expectations. Um, Sorry, it was original screenplay by Jack and Jack Barth and Mackenzie Kirk. Um, and again, it stars Patel, who is a struggling musician, and then he gets hit by a bus. And somehow when he wakes up, the Beatles never existed. And so and he sits down and, and sings Yesterday for the first time. Everybody's sitting there like crying or like, wow, that's amazing. And he's like, it's the Beatles, you know. But it's not just the Beatles, which I thought was very interesting. It's not just the Beatles that were erased from history. You know, he asks for a Coke. They think he means cocaine. He does it twice, actually. Um, And I thought that was really funny. The only thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and that also is because of me, I... The fact that Ed Sheeran was in this drove me insane. First of all, he's a horrible actor. Second of all... um, He's a horrible actor. Third of all. um, (laughs) Third of all, he's a horrible actor. (laughs) I just, I didn't understand. I felt like they could have used somebody else. I realized that he's... Was he one of the producers? A major star. I wonder if he was a producer or something on it. You know, I don't know if he was a producer or not. Kind of like how some directors insert themselves into certain movies. It kind of pisses me off. Ed Sheeran was um it was actually going to be Chris Martin and he turned it down <laughs> which is kind of funny because they're talking about yesterday saying you know gosh this is one of the greatest songs he he's saying this is one of the greatest songs ever written and, and they make the, the girl joke. she said yeah it's not yeah it's not fix you it's not Coldplay and 
He's like, oh, my God. So he goes back and realizes that they never. So he decides he's going to write down all this music. And, you know, he goes out and he starts feeling like he is a sham, but he still wants to go out. And I don't truly feel the way they made the film that he did it in order to become famous. It was almost as if he just oh my gosh, these people need to hear this music. And then he notices that there are two people that are showing up that are looking at him awfully strangely. And you're thinking, oh crap, these people know and they're going to take him down, you know? Um, and I, they finally meet up and I found it to be extremely touching. I will say that they said, you know, he said, gosh, I thought you were going to get, you know, you're angry with me. And they said, no, we're, we seem to be the only two that remember. And we just want to say thank you because we can't sing a note. And we're so happy to hear this music back out in the world. And I just, Ugh. so I'm crying. That started me crying. And then they give him a piece of paper. And uh, he, they said it took a lot of digging. And so he like, okay. And he takes a piece of paper and he takes a little drive out. Now I lost it here. Open the door and there is John Lennon. And he looks like John Lennon. I mean, it was practically, I mean, it was a spot on. I just lost it. Bawling, 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 bawling. I cried. And so, you know, Harper were comforting me. I mean, every time they were playing, I mean, they were playing in my life. I was crying and I was, you know, saying, you know, I sang this to you and your baby, all this crap. So I cried a lot during this movie and I felt like it was well all done. All this from the, the person who had so much hesitation as to like, I'm not going to go see this movie. And guess why I saw it twice? <laughs> because um, other people in my family wanted to see it and I was fine. And the girls went twice. So, so don't judge a film by its director cover and the fact that he stole this. I feel like he's Shh. sorry. <laughs> well, he he borrowed, but he turned it into something different. He he used it for good and not for evil. So I <laughs> I am happy with I'm happy with the movie. I'm happy with its message. I would say uh, it go see it. It's been out for a while now. So if you're hesitant at all, I would go see it. I feel like I left the movie feeling good. And the way he finishes off the movie and the way he finishes off the whole thing about him having this knowledge. Um, okay, Danny Boyle, you did a good job. And the writers did a great job. So go see the movie. I just, the, the music... He did a wonderful job singing. The soundtrack is really nice. So there you go. I was proven wrong. But okay. yeah, I would say yesterday. Go go see it. I, I really feel like. Go see yesterday, today, before it's out of theaters tomorrow. It's, the, the funniest thing is when he's trying to sing Hey Jude. To his parents, and he's sitting down to. No, it was. Yeah, I think it was Hey Jude, and he's trying to do it. And everybody keeps coming in and interrupting him, and he turns around and flips out. And he's like, "I am trying to play one of the best, best songs, 
ever written and you can't keep interrupting. You know, and they're like, goodness. You know, everybody's like, you're getting a little, you know, because he knows it's one of the best and they've never heard it. So they think he's all up on himself, but yep, go see it. All right. Uh, well, I've had uh, some time to catch up on some older movies. I say older, but things that just came out on video in the last couple of weeks. Um, some new stuff and a uh, series. So I saw Lita, saw Longshot, saw Detective Pikachu. Um, recently in theaters, I saw Lion King. Um, my th- quick thought on Lion King is if you like the old animation, the old film is solid. Um, the only uptick of this one is it's got fantastic animation. I think the overall movie of the original animation is better than the new one in terms of a movie. Do they make any changes in slight changes? Like a couple of my favorite lines that Rafiki says are gone. And it's just like, you know, that when he bops them up in the head, it's like, that's gone. That's gone. That's crap. Um, that's my, uh, the, the scene where Timon, it comes out in the, the tutu and says, all right, yeah, can yep, 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 for some bacon. They, that's gone. <laughs> so I'm like, I looked over to Lisa, I'm like, they took out two of my favorite parts of the whole film. But, you know, it's kind of to be expected. There are going to be slight changes. Um, but I think in terms of like animation, I think it's a fantastic feat of what they've done in terms of animation. In terms of a movie as a whole, I still think the original uh, one from was that 92, 93, mm-hmm. uh, 94, somewhere in there, um, is better as a whole. I think it's, it's, did you see Aladdin? Better. I think the, the music is better. Yes, I did see Aladdin. And don't go or go? Um, so I mean, that's, that's a wait till it's on. Okay. It, good. It, good. Good. It's okay. But again, okay. Good I, I'm more, I enjoyed the, mm-hmm. the originals better and I still, even after, um, so those uh, we both saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that a little bit later. And by later, I mean in like 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, the one I want to talk about is The Boys. The Boys is a new series on Amazon Prime um, about superheroes. And the shocker of this was before it even aired, they had it renewed for a season two. That's how confident Amazon was in what type of property they had. Um, And so the boys uh, starts Carl Urban um, as the uh, prototypical anti-hero. You got Jack Quaid, Dennis Quaid's son. Um, In some supporting roles, you got Simon Pegg, Elizabeth Shue, and Ann Cusack. Um, Add a little bit of star power in there. Um, And then a lot of unsung new people in uh, a lot of the roles. So the boys basically is sort of a dark satire on basically the premise of never meet your heroes. Um, so they take this uh, fict- fictional superhero group of seven that kind of mimics the Justice League seven. Um, and a lot of the superpowers are the same. And basically it starts out with um, Jack Quaid, working at a radio shack type place and him kissing his girlfriend as she's just standing off the curb and they're talking about their future together and where they're going. And as he's kissing her, all of a sudden her body just explodes into in slow motion. And 
what happened is um, one of the superheroes named A-Train, who's kind of like the Flash, he's very fast, um, went right through her and just completely killed her. And he's left there holding her hands. And what this unravels is a thing where Carl Urban comes in. Uh, Carl Urban's character's name is Billy the Butcher or Bill Butcher in this. And he basically reveals to Jack's character that the superheroes are, have been unchecked, that they get away with this stuff. They're not as good as you think you are. Again, that whole premise of never meet your heroes, you're always going to be disappointed. And we learn one by one that all of these, you know, these seven touted uh, superheroes that have been saving the world all have like major uh, issues and failings and are complete douchebags. And, um, you know, we have a scene with the, the <sighs> deep, it was basically an Aquaman ripoff as one of the new characters come in and he basically rips out his junk and starts, uh, jerking off in front of her. Great. And so we address like the whole, like, well, you're, you know, the me too. And the, the rape scene, you're like right at the beginning. Jeez. So this is not a kid show. <laughs> no. <laughs> so just because it has super as a Charles stack to it, it's not good. But they got through the shock stuff quickly. You know, they put it right up front, like showing you like, hey, we're not taking any shit with this series. We're going to let it be raw and real. And like, hey, what if all this shit was happening and you roll into basically Carl Urban and Jack forming a small group of guys that are basically going up against the superheroes and planning on taking them out because of something that something else that they did and Jack getting revenge on a train and it evolves over the course of eight, eight episodes, I think. And one of the new to the seven is a girl from the Midwest and you get this um, thorough line story of her fighting identity and learning of like how bad these other superheroes really are and how that on the face they are just not what you think they are and her wanting to be herself and them trying to force her into being something corporate because that's what it is in that world. And she befriends Jack and she doesn't know about what Jack's doing and they just learn about who she is and you go back and forth with this whole thing um, culminating in, you know, drugs, sex, uh, rock and roll. Rock and roll. Um, I think it's a fantastic series. I think it's a breath of fresh air. Um, as much as I love the superhero genre and everything that's been done, it's this is something that has not been done to this degree and this well. Hmm. I think it's superbly acted throughout. I think the storyline is compelling to... You know, I binge watched this thing one through eight in pretty much succession Mm -hmm. starting on Friday night and finishing on Saturday. Wow. Um, I had the time, so I did it. Um, It is highly recommended. um, But again, do not watch this show with kids. (laughs) Do not watch it when your kids are up or might walk in because there are some disturbing stuff that... you just don't yeah one of them is an invisible man and for him to be invisible he has to be completely naked so when he comes in and out of being invisible there he is completely naked yeah um but 
<laughs> yeah, there's just stuff that happens that you're like, yeah, this this isn't stuff for kids. And luckily, my kids are both at camp this week, so I just was able to blow through it and not have to worry about somebody right. walking in at a inopportune moment or having to wait until nine o'clock, ten o'clock at night to watch one episode and go to bed and drag this over a course of a week. Right. Um, but I want to point I Carl Urban and Jack Wade. I, I like anything Carl Urban's been in pretty much. And the back and forth banter that he has with Jack, Jack being a very, like at the beginning being a very held back character, just like, you know, the little dorky nerdy held back, unsure, never makes a commitment. Uh, to being a very self-confident character by the end of it and Carl Urban's insecurities basically being torn throughout the rest. Um, I think it's a fantastic show. I mean, just... I'm yeah. glad you like it. It's it's a different superhero movie. So, yeah. Yeah. So, there's that. Um, let's quickly reach through um, and reach into our grab bag. Okay. I would say so if we have anything that is um coming out uh well the biggest thing what's new is again superhero stuff. Um True. Avengers Endgame came out on digital on Tuesday. We still got to wait 2 weeks for the Blu-ray, but you can begin watching your mm-hmm. your binge watch of the whole MCU universe and getting caught up if you haven't. So you know what I'm talking about for 90% of the time. <laughs> True. Um, we got some new stuff in theaters this weekend. Um, I'm ton. only going to talk about the stuff that pop out to me. I know there's like five or six other movies along, but the only one that popped out to me was Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast and Furious one with uh, Jason Statham and uh, The Rock. It's your children. I know. And they're being loud. I'm not quite sure why. They're bored. I don't know what they're doing out there. Any other from this weekend that looked for you? Oh, you know, That's I, a no. I like, I don't know about the scary movie. You know, they have like this little scary movie out that's coming out right this week. And, and, uh, I just, I'm not quite sure about it. It's, okay. So I'm not gonna, I don't so really need to. We got that. Go and then, uh, next weekend, um, we've got art of the racing in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh. want to see that. I'll probably go see it with the girls because that looks like a, definitely like a family friendly movie. Yes. And it's got, uh, what is his name? My guy. Yes. From, <laughs> you know, is... him from one thing and I know him from heroes. <laughs> okay. So this is us the, uh, that I, um, oh. he's also Rocky's son. Oh, that's true. You always say that. And I have not seen that movie. But he but. was in Heroes. When Heroes was on ABC, he was one of the heroes. Oh. No. That's so how I first... It's Milo. 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 V. Yeah. Milo V. I like him. Um, it looks like a good movie. It does. Yeah. I... I, I yeah. It, it, it's something It looks that, like something, something there's going to break my heart kind of thing, like... There's some. There's gonna be. You know. There's a kids movie that I'm not taking my kids to. Is Dora? <laughs> That's also there. Yeah, I'm not, Dora. It's not happening. Sorry. Um, we've got scary stories to tell in the dark. Not taking um, that either. Probably gonna wait to see that on film. Um, not on film. I mean, when it comes out on video. 
the other one that looks interesting to me is the kitchen uh, based on a, I think it's a DC series. Um, but it's got Melissa McCarthy in it. Um, I thought that looked very good too. Um, yeah, so it's got Melissa McCarthy in it and a couple other um, good actresses. I thought it looked really good. Yeah, and you know, again, it's based off a of DC series. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a comic. It looked pretty serious. Look pretty yeah, serious. Some of those, there's some good comics out there. I really enjoy watching comedians do serious stuff, and 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 see those different chops they've got. Well, I mean, this is the, her second within a year mm-hmm. for Melissa. Yeah. She got nominated for the other one, so we'll see how this goes. And then uh, in case you missed it, um, since we've been off a little, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, Lion King came out, Crawl came out. So yeah, anything else in terms of... Movies? Movies that you saw or Mm-mm. think came out? Okay. Um, some of the new originals in streaming, um, we got, the like I said, The Boys came out. Uh, last Friday, uh, Orange is the New Black, the final season came out, and I'll make a brief mention of that later. Um, okay. um, but I think that's all on streaming. Is there anything else that popped up to you? No. Okay. But not that we may have missed it. I mean, there were some things that came up on uh, Netflix that I was not interested in whatsoever, but because um, they come up as those lead headlines of stuff, yeah. but that I didn't. Didn't the big stuff? There hasn't been anything Mm-mm. big. Didn't um, bring into and like I said, like later this month, I think Jack Ryan season two comes out, and we have like all the other stuff coming back. Um, in terms of uh, some books and music, um, the Hades Town full album is now out for those that are into Broadway stuff. Um, it is forty songs. It's over two hours long, um, but it is now available. All the pieces have been put together for that. Uh, Rex not from our queue other stuff that we may have watched um i already talked about them what we're going to talk about is once upon a time in hollywood so we independently saw this um not knowing that the other one saw it Mm -mm. um so once upon a time in hollywood it's quentin tarantino's latest film um it's got brad pitt leonardo dicaprio and um margo margo roby and a couple other people and the dude from I think he's from, was he from Star Wars? Oh, it's also has, um, Dern, Bruce Dern. Yeah. Um, so we talked, we started talking about this last year when it was revealed that Quentin Tarantino was going to be doing a Charlie Manson film on the Charlie Manson murders. And we're like, well, and I believe Valerie's was instinct was, well, that's going to be bloody and nasty. Ugh. I just thought it sounded you know, like a, I don't know. You know, in terms of uh, tacky. Quentin. Yeah. Tacky. Um, boy, was I surprised with what the end product was. Cause Me we just too. got the trailer, what, like a month and a half ago, we got the first look at what this film was going to be. And we were all like, what? It's funny. Is this movie? Yeah. Cause the first, I, I've seen two Tarantino movies with my mother. The first one was Pulp Fiction, which give me a break. She hated. And then I said, there's a Tarantino movie that I would like to see. Do you want to go? Sure. She obviously had cabin fever. And so she went with me and she enjoyed it. Cabin fever or um, Stockholm Central. 
I didn't keep her there. <laughs> it was, well, maybe because we didn't have a whole lot of cars. But I'm, It was just, Valerie had family in town, so. Yeah. So she was with me, and uh, we went to go see it, and it was, it, I, it, I have mixed feelings about it. I saw it, I really liked it. I, she enjoyed it. It was something that was, you know, you're not worried about it being too bloody or too whatever. He did some things that were new. I felt like he did, instead of talking about films, because he normally talks about films, he was on a film set. He had, he dealt with real people. Um, he brought alive basically Los Angeles, 1969. So I look at what Quentin's body of work has been. To me, everything he's done has been a love letter. Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, love letters to those B-movies, you know, those schlocky B-movie type roles and what they were. Kill Bill, a love letter to um, the um, kung fu type movies. Mm -hmm. His westerns, Glorious Bastards, Glorious Bastards and... um, Hateful Eight, you know, a love letter to those war movies of days gone by, the love letter to cowboys and Western movies of days gone by. And this seems like his love letter to a time gone by of that late 60s, early 70s era of this was when Hollywood was great before it changed. Well, I... I but this movie did remind me of Inglorious Bastards because I feel like it was his way of yeah, Let's not talk about the twist. Just yeah. Let's okay. talk about everything leading up to that. Okay. We can talk about the twist. I just want to talk about everything else before that. Okay. Yes, it was. Uh, because the twist threw me for a, what the fuck. <laughs> really? You were expecting that? From the beginning? Oh, well, no. I guess it was a twist. It was just that um, I knew something was going to be amiss a little bit. So the movie we get, we get introduced to Leo's character, who is Jack Dalton. Jack Dalton? No. Is that right? I keep, I keep wanting to say Jack Dawson from Titanic. This Jack Dalton. Ryan Dalton? Jack Dalton? Um, it was, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at Because his character's the name in people. the Bonanza thing was Cahill. So we get Leo's character. He's a guy that was on a show called Bounty Law. He's an old uh, cowboy TV show actor. And his stunt double is Brad Pitt. Right. Um, now, Brad Pitt's background is he's a war hero. He is... Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton. Sorry. That can't be like the Jack Dawson. <laughs> That's okay. It's Rick Dalton and Brad um, Pitt plays Cliff Booth. So Brad Pitt's Cliff Booth, stunt double, war hero. And good friend. Good friend. Gosh, what a good Single cook. and potential wife killer. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. We just don't we know. We don't know. We get a flashback in a Natalie Woods. Yes. Type esque, and even her name was Natalie. I was like, I thought this that is was where I was so like, weird too. Well, this is creepy, and I'm just going through my head. I'm like, oh, no, that's not Except right. Except that she wouldn't have been that bitchy. I don't think that woman was a bitch. But 
it kind of touched upon that whole like uh, it did. What was his name? Um, oh, I can't remember the guy, the responsible for. But anyways, he went on to a career in Hollywood and like always had that over his head, but um, never Wagner. Yeah, yeah. I can't um, think of his first name, but that's Richard right. Wagner. God, isn't that ridiculous that we had known this if you would ask us on the street? But uh, so, yeah, we, you kind of have that quick little flashback and that he was never found guilty of um, murdering his wife. But that was it's just kind of thrown in there in the middle of the movie that we find out. Robert, about this. Robert Wagner, Robert Wagner. Jeez. And, um, you know, he has a little scene with uh, <laughs> uh, Bruce Lee's character in this. Um, Leo's character is going through the realization that he's just getting too, he's, he's getting, long getting in the too tooth. old. He's long in the tooth. You know that transitional between the cowboy characters not being uh, needable, um, and so all this kind of culminates with his new next door neighbor moving in being Roman Polanski and um. Margot Robbie's character. Oh, Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. Which uh, they weren't even, I mean, that's not who he was expecting anyway. Um, Because they moved in a week, uh, a month after. And uh, because he was looking for the record producer um, who had turned down, there was a Beach Boy and there was a record producer. Brian Wilson. It wasn't Brian Wilson. I think Uh, that's what he said in the thing though, was Brian Wilson, didn't he? I thought it was a different, um, I don't know. Uh, well, I'll get there for you, but, um, they, he wasn't, he wasn't there for them. He went, um, because they had left and, um, rented out their place. I mean, they were there in January and then February, these people moved in. So he wasn't even there for them. Um, which I find sad. Yeah, so we the movie is set, um, let's say, February 8th and 9th of 69, mm-hmm. and then August 8th into August 9th. So it's set, you got two full days, and then the nighttime um, six months later, um, setting up the scene, and you have Charlie Manson shows up in, uh, it's on day two, for a brief Maybe to, to like not five even seconds. a minute. Um, realize to find out that you know they're not there. Um, <laughs> That's what blows me away. And he knew they weren't there. I want to say this movie is all over the place, but it makes sense. I mean, I, I could say one part of the movie and then say another part of the movie, and they sound so disconnected. But everything that happened makes sense in terms of the overall movie. Um, I mean, the fact that. Um, Brad Pitt's character goes out and follows one of the one of the family, I guess you would say, and goes out to the ranch. No, he doesn't follow. He well picks her up and he, he takes her the, out. He passes the first time he passes with Leo, um, and he waves and kind of gets her eye, and then he passes her again while she's trying to hitch rides going the opposite way, and then he finally offers her a ride on the way back towards the same way. Right. Which is at the spawn, the spawn movie ranch, which is, it's a real place. Um, and the man that he goes to see, who's played, uh, by 
Is that Bruce Dern? Was it? Yes. It's, it's, that was true. Um, and the people that were there, the techs and all those guys, that, those were real people. And the people that showed up at the end were real people. And uh, the f- I don't know if you want to go there yet. I'm just saying that the fourth girl was interesting because she was in... Uh, she was Stranger Things. She was in Stranger Things, and I had no idea who she was. And I kept looking at her. I went, God, she looks familiar. Holy cow! Because she, she scoops ahoy. I just couldn't believe it. She yeah. is the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman, and that's just bizarre because she's in a uh, Tarantino movie. Yeah. So that's interesting. She's the one that. She's the one that didn't do it, or whatever. But I felt that the, the the fact that they brought up spaghetti westerns and, you know, go to Italy, do all these things, I thought that was kind of cool because I studied spaghetti westerns. Um, and during that time leads us to basically what happens in our final act of, you know, Cliff is, he's letting Cliff go. He just got married to an Italian woman. Yeah. Um, so it's, which is a big it's deal. It's Rick making his next chapter in his life, but what they want to do is kind of throw themselves a little, like, "Hey, this is our last night together. Let's just make a party of it." Yeah. And so you have um, Brad Pitt, who earlier in the movie got a LCD, well, LSD based uh, cigarette oh. or acid dipped cigarette from mm-hmm. um, for fifty cents or whatever it was um, that he put earlier in the movie into a cigarette bin and he, you know, it's like, okay, now's the time to, to light this. And, um, so he's tripping. So he's tripping during this whole, we're just kind of sitting there watching this happen flip of, and we know something's happening because here comes the Manson clan. You know, here comes the Manson family in their car, you know, and you're thinking of crap. Well, here's the, there's so many through lines in (laughs) this that of like, okay, what's going to happen? You know, he had a yellow car, they had a yellow car. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, did they went to the Manson house because they saw the yellow car at night thinking that's where it was because he didn't have the yellow car at um, Leo's house because they took the taxi back. So even though like this whole scene is playing out with them with a car, you're like, well, they're not, it's not, they're not going to recognize, um, Cliff's car from the spawn movie ranch. You know, maybe they, they see the yellow car and they're going to go to the, the, uh, Tate's house or Sharon Tate and Roman Plansky's house. And instead you have this scene where here comes Rick Dalton pops out as they're driving the car around and, walks up to the car because it's making too much noise at 12 o'clock at night and he's berating them. And meanwhile, it keeps cutting to flashes of them with a gun in the front seat and him holding a blender drink, just chewing him out for being so loud and being a hippie. (laughs) And so they go away and that's where all of a sudden the narrative of the whole Charlie Manson thing just kind of becomes something different to where the girl in the back says, Oh, 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 oh. You know what we should do? Let's go kill all of our childhood heroes who taught us how to kill. Yeah, that was bizarre. And I'm like, wait, what? 
And so, well, they, she they they did say that Charlie wanted them dead. Well, wanted not Rick, right? They weren't they weren't going there for them. They were going for the people that were in the house. They were still going after Sharon Tate and Roman Plansky, not knowing it was Sharon Tate and Roman Plansky. They were still that was their plan. But all of a sudden, the girl in the back changes it to let's go after the our childhood heroes who you know put all this violence on screen and made us kill we're going to take care of them after the whole rick dalton so they come back up and that's where um uh ethan hawk uma thurman's daughter runs back to the car and drives off with the car and she doesn't become part of it and so it's the three of them walking up to the house because yeah, he wants he wanted Ter- he wanted terrence melcher terrence paul melcher who was who had basically said he was going to sign him up for a contract and he didn't. Yeah. He got mad. But they had moved out. And yeah, poor little Sharon Tate, who they certainly made look sweet and just so sweet. You're falling in love with this girl and you're thinking, no, no. And then we have the flip in the, in the script is they go to Rick's house and... That was the wrong thing to do. Well, that was really loud. It was, and it's not my kids. It's next door, and they're probably terrified. Oh, it's not next door. It's up on the roof. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so they burst into the house, and Cliff is tripping on acid, and okay. his dog, who he's been, you know, I hand it to Quentin for how he threaded everything together. We, yeah. we got these subliminal things of how well this dog was trained right from the um, first time we meet Cliff and the dog yes. together um, to the fact that uh, how well Cliff um, knows his fighting skills when he goes up against Bruce Lee that all of this kind of comes together in this moment that, you know, one bloody inglorious bastards type moment on the, what would happen if, in the world of Charlie Man or in the world of Quentin Tarantino with the Charlie Manson murders. Right. You know, the dog kind of stole the movie and little, I mean, in a way, but I mean, I feel like we, we were leaving and you know, they're outlawed in Kansas. They're outlawed in many States, I believe. But, um, you know, this movie made you want to go out and get a bimble. <laughs> this is the kind of dog you want to have trained and then have your back. Yeah. So but, yeah, it, it culminates in that twist and, you I, know. These people get obliterated. I mean, it it was the same, I mean, it, it it's very reminiscent, reminiscent um, to Inglourious Bastards where, you know, he basically, you know, takes a movie and makes an ending that he wants. Yeah. He wants to burn up all of the Nazis and he gets to burn up, you know, one of the, the, the killers. So I definitely wasn't expecting it, even though like everything, like I said, everything was kind of, um, not telephoned, telegraphed, um, yeah. throughout the movie, like everything was telegraphed. Like this isn't going the way you think it's going. Right. And I had a chuckle like at the end of the movie after everything he'd done when he does the slow once upon a time. I'm like, oh, freaking crap. I was like, are you, you're such an idiot. 
I, it was just like one of those like, well, duh, this is this is a Quentin movie. What were you expecting? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I don't want them to. I mean, I understand what he was trying to do. I guess I just I don't want him to make the Manson clan look um, any less horrible than they were or Charlie, whatever, look. I don't think they got notice as less horrible. I think he just beat the... Which we, which we felt good about. Which we felt good about. Oddly felt good about. But it's just, it was also very horribly sad because you know that, you know, Sharon Tate did not live and this is not what happened. And um, even though it would have been interesting, it would have been nice for that sort of thing to have happened. It didn't. And so you're sitting there thinking, well, that's nice, but man, that really, it, it makes you almost more sad in a way to me. I thought, but I, uh, the movie is very long. Um, two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. And so, be prepared for that. We were not prepared for that. I didn't think, I didn't even know how long. It, I mean, it, it was one of those movies that didn't feel that long to me. It didn't, actually. He has a certain way of like making scenes, even though they're a long scene, feel enjoyable. Like there's a long scene with Cliff driving where it's just him weaving in and out of traffic with some music blaring. It goes on like five minutes or so. It's like, good. it could have been done in 30 seconds and been over with, but there was something enjoyable about just seeing him Drive, drive. I, was, I mean, but he, you know, brought in stuff that were that was real. Like um, Bruce Lee did work with Sharon Tate. Um, they did practice together for a movie that she made, so that was true. And so that was interesting because I didn't know that. And so they had little things I had to look up. What's true? What's not true? But uh, and then the way they interject like certain TV shows and the look of those certain TV shows, mm-hmm. I thought was. Nice. And then all at once, I thought it was sad. I mean, then all at once you have um, the the Western scene with the little girl and, and walks Luke Perry. And I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, crap. You know, I just was sad. So Luke Perry is in this movie for a short moment. Um, and so is Michael Madsen. See that? Michael Madsen, um, right at the beginning in one of the, uh, um, cowboy scenes, he's got the, the chief collar. I he's I one of Quentin's, it. you know, he's been with him since Reservoir Dogs he's been oh, in every movie. You know what? I missed that one. He's the one talking like this. Oh, okay. Oh, wait until you, you just killed so-and-so's son. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so this a, is a couple of those cameos throughout the movie of his previous cohorts so i would say this is you know this is more uh, aside from the ending you know a lot of people right now think tarantino you're thinking it's going to be some blub gross movie that's really horribly violent to the whole thing this isn't like that it's a love letter it's a love letter to going a style a period of time of transition in hollywood it's actually beautifully filmed i thought it was very easy to watch. I really loved the relationship between Leonardo and Brad. I really, really did. And I thought, gosh. I'd love I'd... to see more stuff with the two of them. 
especially now that they're at this age yeah. where they, their banter back and forth felt natural. So, all right. Well, yeah, if you have a chance, I recommend seeing it in theaters. I yeah. mean, it's, to me, it's not one to be missed. It's one of his better, better films for me. Yeah, um, I definitely think so. But it's really odd. Like all, most of his films are all on the same like mm-hmm. level for me. I mean, there's not like one that I kind of rank high above another. Um, I kind of love Hateful Eight just more because it's a Western that was and the way it was filmed. That was hard for me to watch. Um, but yeah, it's a very hard film. But at the same time, I think, yeah. So. So I think we say bo- both uh, go. We'll yeah. see it. All right. Um, kind of wrap up really quickly here. Um, what's on your radar? What's in your queue? Um, for me, uh, like I said, I might go see Sean Hobbs. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff coming up this month, so my my going to theater stuff might uh, reduce. Um, in my queue right now is Orange is the New Black season seven. Um, so we we sucked it up. We're we're on both our kids are on camp this week. So me and my wife, she likes Orange is the New Black. I like the first couple seasons. I kind of thought the mm-hmm. last couple were kind of me like they're kind of stretching it out a little bit too much um but my wife likes the show so we sat down we finished season six because season seven just came out this week Mm -hmm. um we're three episodes in and season seven makes up for the last two seasons okay it it seems like they finally had something to say and they're saying it and they're doing it well okay so i'm kind of looking forward to hoping that trend continues um Especially it seems the stuff that's happening is way more relevant now as to like the stuff that's going on politically and morally and whatever in our country. However, I can't explain that right. But if you if you like the first couple seasons of Orange is the New Black and you suffered through the last couple seasons, season seven so far for me has been a breath of fresh air. Um, so that's it. I've got other little stuff on my radar and queue, whether they're going to get to or not. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's um, hard. It's always hard to tell whether you're going to make it. Yeah. Um, I listened to Still House Lake by Rachel Kane, which I really enjoyed. Um, there was a follow-up book and I returned it. I didn't really enjoy that. So um, now I'm listening to The Last Mrs. Parish by Liv Constantine, which I'm enjoying. Um, radar. There is a horror movie, yeah, then the follow. I'm not sure about that one. I would love to see The Kitchen, which comes out on the 9th, Racing in the Rain on the 9th. And then I did finish <laughs> Stranger Things, finally. Um, and, I mean, you're just not going to beat the first season. That's what I like to say. You're just not going to beat it. And I cried. I, the last I five cried, minutes? cried, cried. Yeah, were... Brutal. But the speech from him? Yeah, brutal. I cried. Brutal. But. But needed. And it was. At the end, they said, don't touch the American. Yeah. Who is that? It could be him, but I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think that was a harsh tease. Which have been really bad tease. But again, I like like season three. I guess we're not really saying who passed away, are we? Um, You'll see season three, but I like season three. I recommend it. Not as good as season one, but it's, just it's still, it, to, it's different. good in its own way. And but the can. last five minutes of season three for the end speech is completely worth it. I mean, it is. Ugh. 
because it it's it's something that transcends the oh, show. Yes, it it's something that people need in their life, anyways. And yeah. I think it was a good piece of advice. All right. So I think that's it for today. It is. All right. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for many episodes in 2022 when we finally get them out. <laughs> um, we've got some vaults. We've got some moments of influence, some kids corner. Um, you can find us at culturalstew.net, at culturalstew.net on Twitter and culturalstew on Facebook. Let us know how we're doing. Give us some feedback. Um, I know we've been on hiatus. Um, it'll probably be another week before we have another show again um, due to some scheduling. Uh, music. Our music is provided by... Um, podcastmusic.org or .com, one of the two. <laughs> podcastmusic.org. Nice. You'll, you'll um, the intro and break music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazeer. Um, but yeah, we've got some music, um, but we'd like to have some original music. So if you know somebody that would like to have their music uh, highlighted, or if you are that somebody that would like to have their music highlighted, please get in touch with us. Um, otherwise, you're kind of stuck with what you're getting. Um, I, we just don't have the funds. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't go out and pay for good music. So we get mediocre music. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, I'm being honest here. Um, I've had some feedback and it's been about the music. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, whatever. Give us some feedback about the show. That's more important to me than the feedback about the music. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, until next time. Until next time. Later. Once upon a time in podcast land. our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by and also as always if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing please contact us today Like what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site. A way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.